Good morning and welcome to Stony Brook Church. We are so glad that you have found us and that you are here worshiping with us on our second worship services. I am Reverend Jennifer Casey and I bring you greetings on behalf of today's preacher, the Reverend Mary Jo Yagel. You will get to hear from her in just a few minutes. It is a joy that we get to welcome her as our new senior pastor today. In case you were wondering if God had stopped working in the midst of a pandemic, I'm here to remind you that that's not the case. Uh, remember last fall when we built the walls for the two Habitat for Humanity? Well, yesterday, uh, Emily Keener, our Director of Outreach and Missions, and I got to join in on a Zoom call blessing one of the homes of one of the families that we built the walls for. They will be moving into their new home in the next couple of weeks as they close on their house. The second family that we built walls for, blessing of their home via Zoom this coming Saturday, and you are invited to join that Zoom call with us and get to hear from the family and see their new home. If you are interested in that, please reach out to Emily Keener and she will send you the information and the link. Uh, as you were reminded on the announcements that uh, scrolled earlier, we have our new home project going where we are helping returning citizens transition into independent living. We helped Lori out earlier this month and now we have a request to help a second person. So if you go to our website, stonybrook.church slash new home project, you will find a list of the items that that individual uh, needs. And I know you Stony Brook friends, and I know that you will uh, supply them with all that they are needing to get their new home started. Now, a new school year is almost upon us, and we want to bless all of our educators and all students who will be starting a new school year and so next next week when you come to worship service in your living room you are invited to bring backpacks or tablets or whatever it is you use and we will be blessing those items and you during the worship service this is going to be an unusual school year as we are all aware and we want to make sure that we bless all they this most unusual year together at this time i would like to invite phil warner our uh, chair of our leadership board to come forward and share a few words with us. Well, good morning, everyone. It's my privilege to be here this morning, and as the chair of the leadership board, I usually have the opportunity to stand before you when we have a pastor leave or a new pastor arriving. And that's my privilege again this morning is to introduce you to our new senior pastor, Mary Jo Yackel. First, though, I want to share a few comments with um, a few groups. First of all, to you as the Stony Brook congregation, for your support, compassion, and love you have extended to one another and this church during this time that none of us has lived through before. Next, to our church staff, for your continued focus, dedication, and flexibility 
in this uncertain and changing environment, especially to Pastor Jennifer and Pastor Bob for your steady leadership always. But also during this month of transition, I especially appreciate how your words have focused us on opportunities for what we do have and not what we don't have as a result of the virus. Lastly, a huge sense of gratitude to the leadership board for your responsiveness, attention to detail, and collective leadership. I can say to the congregation with certainty, we all would prefer to be worshiping in person, but at the same time to be able to do so safely. Now, on behalf of the leadership board, staff parish committee, staff parish relations committee, and their chair, Christy DeVries, who was not able to be with us this morning, it's now my pleasure to introduce you to Reverend Mary Jo Yackel. Pastor Mary Jo comes to us from Ashbury South United Methodist Church. Since entering the ministry, Mary Jo has served churches in rural, suburban, inner city, hospital chaplaincy, and college towns. Born in York, Pennsylvania, she has also lived in Maryland, Tennessee, and New York. Reverend Yackel became permanent, a permanent resident of Ohio in 1987 because of family, which she states is very important to her. She is a graduate of Otterbein University, at that time college, and United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. Mary Jo is a child of faith. She states that she has a solid support system and her hobby is her friends. Pastor Mary Jo is Stony Brook's pastor of now. I will be the first to acknowledge her appointment process did not follow the, tr the traditional United Methodist Church timeline as appointments for the upcoming church year had already been completed. It is but another COVID reality. By now, we all know that nothing we do in this pandemic is normal. Yet, I want to reaffirm with you the church appointment process still worked for Stony Brook Church and Reverend Yackel because God had his hand in it. Mary Jo enthusiastically states she's happy to be here and we are happy to have her. In closing, I ask for your ongoing prayers for Pastor Mary Jo, Pastor Jennifer, Pastor Bob, and Stony Brook Church as we move through God's plan for the next life cycle of this church. Now, Pastor Mary Jo. I would shake your hand. <laughs> there is an understanding about church buildings that this is the working floor where the people gather and do the work of worship. And up there is the mountaintop where we remember our covenants, where we are high and lifted up, and we are grateful. Now, our theology understands that God is everywhere, but sometimes it's important to remember these stations of living. I would normally come out to the working floor and I would walk amongst you, so pretend I'm hanging out with you right now, and I'm walking amongst you because we are all people of God and we are all asked to do the work of worship together. 
A piece of the work is sometimes family business, which I understand this is family business. Um, I don't know if it's worship, but it's definitely some stuff that has to happen. So I would do that on the working floor where we harvest our grain, where we plant our seeds, where we live with our family and our faith family affects us all. It is on the working floor that I want to remind you of a couple of things. I hope that somewhere on some screen there is the beautiful display of a crystal glass cut bowl. It's originally a Grammy Yakel bowl and in it are a couple of different fruits. There are tomatoes and there are olives. Now, I'm not a gardener. I will never be a gardener. I can kill plants. That's why my plants are all silk. Um, but I have talked to gardeners and I have asked, how long does it take to get a seed of a tomato to germinate, grow, and get to the point that it offers its fruit to the world? I did grow tomatoes once. I remember walking out and finally one of the tomatoes was ripe enough to be plucked. I plucked it off the vine, rubbed it on my shirt, and bit it. And it was so sweet. And the juice ran down my chin. And I went, oh, God is in tomatoes. Now, for those of you who don't like tomatoes, switch the fruit. Whatever pleases you, that's what it is. Five months. So in a year's time, you can cycle twice with tomatoes. And we need the fruit and we need the sweetness, and we need the juice running down our chins to remember just how beautiful the good news is. But scripture calls the olive tree the tree of my child. You see, if you want olives at some point in your life, or if you're anticipating the next generation and you want the next generation to have olives, you know, oil for brightness, oil for cooking, oil for healing, somebody better plan it 20 years before you need it. It is the next generation fruit. So my hope is that as we live together in these next days, we will be busy about tomato fruit, but we will anticipate that as long as God needs us, we are building and growing and planting for the generation to come. Now, if that isn't enough work for us to get in trouble with, I don't know what is. But I am absolutely happy to join you in the work of the tomatoes and the olives. Come, children of God, let's be about the work of worship.
hear now these words as we are called to worship. In the turbulence of life, we are called by Jesus. It is so easy to fixate on the waves and worry about the storm. Look up, look again, Jesus calls us. Help us to hear, O oh God. Come, let us place our trust in Jesus. Enjoy now these, uh, this gift of music from our quartet, It Is Well With My Soul.
and go on ahead on the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Matthew 14, 22-33. There is nothing like our youngest disciples bringing us the word. What a joy that was. Will you now join me in a spirit of prayer? Here we are, uncertain, frightened, and unsettled, and there you are, God, strong and steady and calm. Here we are, needy, fragile, and broken, and there you are, giving, beautiful, and comforting. This life isn't easy, God, and we often get it wrong. We say we love you and follow you, and we end up rejecting the very people you call us to love. We say we trust, and we end up not having the courage to go where you call. Forgive us, God, and save us from ourselves, because we surely can't do it on our own. Give us the courage to step out in faith and to follow you, for you will always be there with us. Don't let us forget this, especially when we find ourselves in the midst of a storm. Our hearts hurt, oh God, from the ramifications of the pandemic, from watching Beirut explode this past week, and from the brokenness of our world. But in the midst of all of this, we see that you are still at work in new homeowners through Habitat for Humanity, in returning citizens transitioning to independent living, in a new senior pastor that you have sent our way, and in the love we receive in unexpected places. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for not letting go when we step out of the boat. Thank you for showing us the way to you. Thank you. We pray all of this in the name of the one who showed us a life fulfilled, storms, calm, and all. Join our voices together praying the prayer that Christ Jesus taught us by saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
enjoy now this special music, Love Lifted Me, from our quartet and Rachel Amadon on flute. You've already received the reading of the Holy Word done. Oops. Hey, I just had to remember to take my mask off. I get an A. Um, the children have offered their understanding and their rendition of the word. And I just want you to remember that previous to the scripture, Jesus has been told that the beloved one, John the Baptist, has been killed. And this is what is at his heart of hearts when he really just wants to go away and pray. And now, almighty God, either through or in spite of this thy servant, speak to these your beloved ones, 
who carry in them your power and your courage to testify to the good news that this all matters because you have deemed it important. I give you thanks and all the honor and all the glory will be yours in Jesus' name, amen. It is uh, a wonderful time to come and be a part of a new congregation. I'm actually kind of pretending you're here. I know you're there, I'll get you. Um, this morning I walked in and there were some people who, who just put themselves right in front of my face and basically said, do you remember me? And I'm going, uh, maybe, <laughs> not. <laughs> and they pre uh, gave me the privilege of telling me their names. And as soon as they said their names, I recognized who they were. They were a part of a church of my history and I had officiated at their wedding and they're still married to this day and I thought that was a pretty good track record and so I introduced them to the congregation at eight o'clock and said by the way Bonnie and Dan Dudley Bonnie grew up in this church so she's kind of enjoying a bit of a homecoming it's a small world but I have to tell you something um I was not born with the ability to remember names. And so my hope is that you'll pick up this habit of when you come into my field of vision, you immediately say, oh, I'm Mary Jo, in case you forgot, and I promise you that in no less than 20 years, I'll remember. You'll have to give me mercy and we'll work at this together. Um, this is truly an intervention of God as far as I'm concerned because the district superintendent came to me and said, well, Mary Jo, you ready to move? And I said, no. And he came back a little while later and said, well, Mary Jo, how about now? Would you like to move? And I said, no. There are two syllables in that word, no. And then the third time he came and I said, no, wait a minute. No, I don't want to move. And here are the 15 reasons why I should not be moving. Go back to your office and somebody else, find somebody else to pick on. The fourth time it was not a question. DSs have this ability to change questions into statements. And so in that journey, God has brought us together in this moment. And I'm willing. I am willing to follow the lead of God and I will get out of the boat and whether I walk on water or not, guaranteed they are clay feet, we will do this work together and we will care for each other so, so that we might care for the world. The last piece of our scripture went like this. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The first verb was worship. The second verb was confession. So let's have some fun with worship. Let's talk about how it is that we learn to worship 
together. Ages and ages and ages ago, I entered into a new church, and the first thing that was said to me was, yes, you're the associate pastor, but you're not doing youth. And I went down to my knees and gave thanks, because there is nothing harder in the world than youth ministry. Pray for your youth minister, please daily, hourly, whatever. So I went on my way doing some fun things and getting myself into trouble, and all of a sudden things changed, and guess who was doing confirmation class? And it started out, and they did Bible study for four months, and then they did confirmation class for four months, and we launched into it, and it was kind of apathetic. Sometimes the confirmands attended, and sometimes they did not, and sometimes I knew they were coming, and sometimes I did not, and at the end of the confirmation experience, we lined them up, we confirmed them, and we saw very few after that. Sound typical? My personal experience of that was, that's called a fail. And I said, self, something's got to change. So the next year, we started out four months Bible study, four months confirmation class. The big gathering meeting happened with the parents and the uh, guardians and the confirmands who were there with great anticipation and joy. And I said, okay, new rules this year. Your presence here says that you want to be a member of this congregation. You want full uh, ability and full rights to be a part of the work. Well, it starts now. I will see you in church every Sunday. <coughs> not only that, but if you are not here on Sunday, you have two options. You will either give me a bulletin from the church that you were at, or you will present to me your death certificate. And to this day, whenever I tell that story, it's amazing how many bulletins I get from the full responsible members of the congregation because they want me to know that they may not have been in the church I was in, but they were at church. And I've had more fun reading bulletins. But something shifted. If you want the privilege, then you have to step in to the responsibility. You've got to leap into it and that first year of bulletin or death certificate things shifted now we did our confirmation experiences overnight in the church they were called lock-ins i don't know ben's out there do you still call them lock-ins nah yeah maybe okay and um see i'm so old that I'm out of step, but um, I will not tell the congregation certain things that happened in the hallways with the uh, carts from the kitchen and the races that we had because nobody knows those things. So we enjoyed a confirmation experience where we worked hard and we played hard and we experienced a microcosm 
of the Christian community. And that's what we called ourselves, the microcosm of the Christian community. In this place with this group, we shall help each other learn and make good habits of being Christians with each other. Confirmation Sunday came. It was the end of the third year of such absolute clear boundaries. And as I placed the yoke of responsibility upon the shoulders of one of the most ornery boys this side of the Mississippi, he looked up at me. There were tears running down his face. And I knew that this young one now understood that he was a full and responsible member of the community of faith and that he mattered. He mattered to the congregation. He mattered to God. He mattered to me. That third year was an amazing gift to me personally because as we began to get ready to kick into confirmation, there was a young teen standing outside my office with his parents in tow, and I didn't understand what was going on because you usually don't get that. And he said, hey, I want to be a part of confirmation, but I don't know this church. And I said, hey, let's see how we make that happen. And I said, you do understand that you are probably here because you heard it was a good time. Yeah. I said, well, if you want to be a part of that, then you have to be a part of the work. And it all comes together in one fell swoop. Are you ready to do that? Yeah. I looked at his parents and said, are you all ready to do that? And they silently shook their heads, not knowing what had hit them. When we had Confirmation Sunday, we also had Membership Sunday because that young man's entire family had found their way into the support and love and presence of the dynamic kingdom of God, and they too wanted to be a part of it. And I went, now that's the good news. This is, to me, what really engaging worship is. It's not some place that you come in, sit down, lean back, and are entertained by the puppet in the front. This is a place of work. This is where we confront that which is most tender in our souls. This is the place where we recenter ourselves to the importance and fundamental need of God's love as revealed through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you are the Son of God. For you see, worship comes to confession. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read the word of confession, I, I think of those words that take you down to your knees and remind you that you are a worm and that there is so much yet to be transformed that you had better get serious about it. And in order to be freed from it, you need to come to the foot of the cross and confess. It's a good thing. I personally believe that the Catholics have mm, some pretty good depth on this and might teach us about this element of confession. But in the scriptures today, confession means 
naming Jesus as Son of God, as Lord of life. There's a sweet little church in my history who I have renamed the church at the intersection of soybean and corn. Do you get it? This is a city-raised child. I suddenly was in the midst of farmland, and it's a different way and pace of life. It's the place that I walked in and seven families immediately got up and walked out because of the choice that God had made to gender me who I am. Therefore, I could not lead them into celebrating and worshiping the good news of Jesus. I have come to learn to respect those opinions. They may not be mine, but I can respect them. But I will also say that the day came when one woman came up to me, put her hands on her hips, and she said, I just don't know what to do with you, Pastor Mary Jo. And I went, oh, this is going to be fun. You and I are so theologically different. But I know you love Jesus, and so do I. And so I can't just dismiss you, negate you, leave you out of my life. For you have taught me, as that church taught me, who it is that is Lord of this soul, who I will follow no matter what, what I will do no matter what, because we are people of Jesus. And you know what? You may just catch yourself walking on water along with him. This is the good news of our Lord as revealed through Scripture this day, giving us the privilege to respond as full and responsible members of this particular congregation so that all might reveal this important truth Life matters because God said it does, as shown to us by Jesus. May we respond in all the opportunities of faith with such love and care. You are a people that have uh, integrated into your being a benediction with some very beautiful words. I look forward to the day that I also join you from memory. But until then, you will have to coach me on how to say this benediction. Before we do, I want to introduce you to a different thought. Um, it was taught to me by a woman who fought a low-grade cancer, which meant if she was ever in public, she couldn't be touched. So what she taught her entire congregation was the uh, fluttering heart handshake. You know how when you want a handshake, you put your hand out there and people just automatically latch on? And today, we don't do that for a little while. Well, you couldn't do it any day with my beloved sister. And so what she said was, when somebody wanted to shake her hand, she took that hand and placed it on her heart. Her other hand, she put upon it and she fluttered it. You know, 
We all do this naturally with babies that are fussing. It's gonna be okay. And this is the handshake of the fluttering heart so that nobody feels awkward. So I greet you with my heart of flutter. I'm a little nervous. I'm hoping that things happen here for the goodness of the kingdom of God. But in the meantime, we will fix our eyes on Jesus and walk into this world with his love in our hearts. Would you join me in the benediction? May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. And the people said, may it be so. Amen. Amen.